Made it to that one o'clock hour. Yeah, one five, I shall say. <laughs> Whatever, Coach Wilkerson. Um, but we'll go ahead and get started. And as always, when everyone gets a chance to log on, we'll we'll go ahead and, and move forward. Um, but I want to, I truly want to just thank you, Coach, again for being here. For those who are new to the call, this is just something that, you know, as coaches we've been doing now going on is crazy uh, four months in about a week, four months. And coaches just kind of come on and talk about our views of what servant leadership means and how our faith and all that carries us through our role. And as I was telling Coach Payne, who's going to be talking with us today, I followed him for a while. Um, and this is my first time to be able to actually verbally say this, um, but I wanted to make sure that I did because you've just been amazing. You don't just talk the talk of not only just servant leadership, but just being a great person. You walk it, you live it. Um, and I'm just so grateful to have you on here uh, to talk to us, and I look forward to hearing what you have to say. So I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch. We got Coach William Payne with us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, first, I, again, I want to say thank you for having me on. Um, I get a lot of requests now. When I start, I don't even really know where to start. <laughs> first, I want to say hi to Coach Burnett. That's my that, – that, I really, really like her. That, that is – Big, big, big fan. Had opportunity of meeting her and talking to her, and I'm a big fan. She's she's a very wildly passionate coach, and watching her in action is uh, it's fun. So if you haven't had a chance to do that, I would highly recommend you get some film and watch her because she is passionate, and uh, and uh, I like that. So <laughs> I've had an opportunity to to watch her, and it's a lot of fun. So. Um, you know, I was kind of on the fence about what I wanted to talk about or how I wanted to go with this. Um, and the first thing I wanted to kind of bring up was just to thank you for having me on because uh, I've watched from afar and I think that you have filled a void that has been greatly needed during this shutdown where people are lacking real honest connection, real I'll, I'll use the word almost intimate connection uh, with, with fellow coaches and educators and leaders. And, you know, I say all the time, the thing that I miss most about summer basketball is not going to watch the games. It's sitting on the sidelines with the coaches and all that interaction that you get um, and being able to talk and just the fellowship and the different things. It's, it's something that I miss more than anything. So I appreciate Zoom and being able to bring these together because it, 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 uh, it definitely emulates that as much as possible uh, in a virtual setting. So thank you for having me on. Thank um, you, Coach. And, and I wasn't really sure which way I wanted to approach this. If I wanted to approach it as, as a college basketball coach or if I wanted to approach it as the person who operates the college basketball process. Because while those two are the same person, it's two different hats significantly that I wear for each one. And um, it's really, really interesting because I think, I think my college basketball process is much more geared. I, I practice servant leadership as a coach, uh, as the operator of the college basketball process, as a husband, as a father. That's everything I do. Um, but I think <laughs> it's interesting. I get, I get a lot more positive feedback from the college basketball process, but I also get more negative feedback from the college basketball process. Um, I've, I've had coaches uh, reach out to me and say, hey, we would love to work with you, but we don't trust you. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you trust me? And they said, well, because we just don't see how you can have the best interest of all these other kids at heart and, and be running the service. So we feel like you're using it to your advantage in some kind of way. And we just don't feel like that it's beneficial uh, for us and that there's something here that you're getting out of it or you wouldn't be doing it. And I've heard that multiple times now, and it's kind of taken me back. I'm like, well, wow, you know, do you really believe that I wouldn't be doing something to be able to help? <laughs> wouldn't be doing something to to try to to make a difference? And uh, the the short answer I'm getting, I've gotten multiple times, is no. They don't think I, I do it for the betterment of uh, of helping the players. Um, so it's really interesting, and that's all stuff that I've started getting here recently actually in the last couple of months where I started getting this feedback because, and I guess I could see it, you know, I've been a college coach for a number of years, but I run this service and a lot of people don't, you know, the, the number one question I get about the college basketball process is what is it? And I don't know. 
<laughs> and I know that that doesn't spark a lot of confidence, but I don't know what it is because when I, when we started this thing, when I started this thing, we, um, it was simply to, to educate, to try to teach people about the options, the, the, the whole manufacturer basically just using basketball to take you where you want to go in life and give you the opportunities that, that we all want. Um, inevitably people started wanting assistance with recruiting and all that, but we're, we're not a recruiting service. That's not what we are. We, we, we do provide recruiting assistance for players, but we operate from a nonprofit perspective. I don't make a dollar from the college basketball process. That's not, that's not what we do. Uh, it, it's totally to serve others, which I think is the epitome of servant leadership. And, um, that that's what this thing is all about for me. It's it's figuring out ways whether it's it's through being a college coach or running the college basketball process. It's how can I use what I have to help others achieve their goals and, and reach the goals that they want in life. And um, I think God has put me in a position to be able to do that. Uh, I remember the day that I started the college basketball process. I wrote down on a napkin that I wanted to get 500 followers on social media, and I wanted to. I wanted to sign a contract to do some type of speaking engagement to teach people about the college process. And here we are about 50,000 followers on all platforms. Uh, we've been linked to over 812 opportunities to play at the next level. And we have speaking engagements with 12, um, I'm sorry, 13 school districts and AAU tournaments and throughout the country now. And so it's been a blessing to use this platform to help others. And that's all it's about is teaching others how to use basketball to get where they want to go in life uh, and, and utilizing faith to help get them through that and the principles, uh, you know, in the Bible and the things to be able to, to better teach and serve. So um, that's kind of what we do or, or how we operate in a nutshell. And, and there's, there is one particular when I was when I was putting it together and figuring out a way to implement all this, there was one verse I want to share that kept coming to my mind, and it was it's really important to me, and it's 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 been one that has it's been that verse for me in my life, and it's John three thirty, and it's he must increase, but I must decrease, right, and and that that means more to me than pretty, I think I think that is so relative to basketball coaches, teachers, leaders. I, I just, I think that is so powerful because there's, there's a lot of people out there that are doing this for the wrong reasons. They're trying to line their pockets or they're trying to line the walls with the trophies or they're trying to do all these various things. And that's not why I do it. I, I, I mean, I'm called to do this to help other people. And, um, there's times where I have to sacrifice to do it. There's times where I, I miss opportunities. You know, this thing has gotten huge and it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Sometimes we get two, three, 400 DMS a week. Um, we, it's just people reaching out wanting help and then getting mad if you don't respond to them. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. And, um, I try to do as much as I can to help and be a servant leader because to me, it's all about empowering someone else. And that that's just what servant leadership is to me, putting myself in a position to be able to better other people and allow them to truly change their life using my platform. And, um, you know, for 14 years I coached and I could walk into a gym and no one would even know who I was unless I had a name of a school on my chest. Now, when I walk in, people are wanting to talk to me and they're, they're wanting, they're, Hey, I follow you on Twitter. And you said you, some of you guys may follow my best Chadwick Hicks and he's one of my best friends. And if I would, I would highly recommend you guys follow him. He's a great guy. Um, and, and we're always kind of busting each other's chops and whatever. And uh, anytime, <laughs> <laughs> he'll 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 text me throughout the day or something he'll say hey I follow you on Twitter coach P and he'll kind of give me a hard time because uh people do that when I go into these tournaments and stuff now and it's so bizarre but what that has made me realize is I, I truly have built something that can help and I can serve others through this leadership platform that I've built and I, I'm really not one to name drop so I'm going to name drop 
Um, so, uh, the, there's someone I, so, so my mentor, the person I look up to most in all of coaching is Quanzo Martin. I don't make any qualms about that. He's the person I try to pattern my, my coaching style after. He's the person I try to pattern the relationships after everything that comes with that. He's the guy that I really try to pattern everything I do after from a coaching perspective. And I was, I was talking to him not too long ago and the reason I don't ever use his name, uh, we have a we have a pretty good relationship, and the reason I don't ever use his name is because I value the relationship more than using his name and what that can bring me. And we were we were kind of going back and forth over something, and when when a lot of these um, protests and things kind of kind of came to be, you know, I. I've lost some opportunities throughout the years. I'm a guy that's been using my platform from day one to speak out about things. This isn't something new for me. I have five biracial children and this is not new to me to, to this, the, these kind of social issues or whatnot. And uh, initially I would, I would speak out about certain things. And so I, we were just kind of interacting one day and he brought up a really good point to me. He said, you know, you've built something so beautiful that it's now no longer even yours. And I never thought about it that way. Um, he said, you may be the person who put it together with God. You know, God has, has helped you do this. He's, he's given you the power to be able to build this. and You've done it to help. He said, but that is not your platform anymore. He said, that's any parent or any player or any coach who needs the assistance, who needs the connection, who needs the, the networking, who needs the exposure, who needs the education, who needs the resources. And he said that, um, he said, because of that, I feel like it may be a good idea to use your personal page to, to speak out. And so I've, I've had to kind of find this balance on how I want to, uh, to speak out and how I want to be a servant leader in other ways of life versus just basketball, because this thing that we have built has taken on a life of its own. And he's right. It's not mine anymore. I just happen to be the person that God used to build it. <laughs> and and so we um and that was really humbling for me to hear uh because it's not um you know one of the, some of the things i'm most proud of that we've put together and 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 i think this is i think this is servant leadership in in its actual um reality and and manifestation we <laughs> we had a parent one of our first members that we ever brought on, we, we have these various levels of, of memberships. Like we don't, like I said, we're not out here charging people crazy exorbitant amounts of money. We bring people on for free. We do all this stuff. And so we, we have a member that came on. She was our second member. And, and the reason we classify people as members is because we're able to work with them more specifically and, and, and help them um, with a plan. And so the mother and the father came on, they were the second members ever that came on with their son. And, and they were a pretty well-to-do family, but uh, very faith-driven and, and uh, a, a Christian worldview on, on everything they do. And um, we brought them on as a member. And now fast forward about six months later, we brought on another member from the same state that they uh, live in. And um, that, that parent, um, one was in the middle of doing some things financially. And uh, at the time, what we were doing was we have interns that work for us. And so we, we will charge people that uh, want to come on as members that want a high level of help. We will charge them a nominal fee. And basically what we do with that fee is I give it to the interns uh, to be, because they are the ones who do the bulk of the legwork. They're spending hours developing these profiles and these recruiting plans and using my connections and whatnot. And so uh, the mother needed assistance and said she couldn't pay. And I said, look, that's not a big deal. You're coming on board anyway. We're going to bring you on. The money's not an issue. I'll figure out a way to pay the interns out of my own pocket. Don't worry about it. So um, she came on board and a week later, she lost her job. So she was already cash strapped, but then a week later she lost her job. And so um, I don't remember, because it's been about a year and a half ago now, I don't even remember how this happened. But one of the things that we do with the college basketball process is we, we create this membership forum where people, our members can talk to each other. They can help each other out. They can do various things. Long story short, what ended up happening was the mother and the father from, that was the, one of the first members we ever signed up owned a business and they were in the same state. They ended up offering this mother a job that paid her double what she was making 
uh, at her previous position that she lost. She's still working for them a year and a half later. Uh, she does it from home and she's doing better than she's ever done in her entire life. And she reached out to me about three months ago and said, Hey, um, here are three of those those fees that you charge uh, when you want to work with somebody uh, directly, I want to pay for three of those for someone um, because this this allowed me to you know God use this family to to be able to help me and I want to give back and try to help these family members and so to me it's just um, it's trickle down servant leadership if you will um, and so this 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 servant platform that we've built is is just helping others that are empowering them to then help others and help others and then just so on and so forth. And so I think that's been uh, the manifestation of what we do more directly than anything else. Uh, and I'm really, really excited and happy about that. Um, and so that's, 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 that's one of the things I feel like God has really done, but uh, you know, we, we work a lot with small Christian universities that most people have never even heard of. They don't even know they exist. And, and we do a lot with those kind of institutions, uh, young people who are faith driven, who want an opportunity to go to those type of schools and, 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 you know, obtain a faith-based education and use that to take them where they want to go in life. Uh, so we do a lot with them. Um, it's core it's just it's just being servant to whoever needs us uh if someone needs us to help them make a connection we're going to do that if somebody needs us to help them be seen we're going to do that if they need uh, to answer you know a question about the recruiting process we'll do that if they need me to speak to their aau program i'll do that if they need me to t talk to their high school team and and then explain to them the various levels of college basketball and how uh, you can be a pro from an nai school or, or how you can obtain a free education going to a d3 school even though it's not athletic scholarship driven so whatever it is that i need to do is kind of what we are because we continue to morph and pivot into something new almost daily and it's specifically with God's guidance and that verse at, at the core of everything we do and and I mean that wholeheartedly and everything I do is to increase another person and even if it means that I have to decrease and it's so so important to me it's at the core of every single thing that we do um, and I try to implement those values in our basketball team as well. Um, and it, it gets difficult juggling <laughs> these two hats. It gets very, very difficult because outside of basketball, I'm also a licensed therapist. And so I'm licensed to provide number of different therapies, substance use disorder therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, DBT. I also have a, uh, a postgraduate certification in Christian education. I've done um, Christian education facilitation in large churches. I've done a number of different things. And, and so I think at its core, all of them are certain types of manifestations of servant leadership. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons I'm able to balance the things that I do. Yeah, it's a lot, but at its core, I'm operating each one the exact same way. And so they intertwine and interact and, and go together in so many different ways. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a challenge, but it's one that I feel like God put on me for a reason. So uh, I'm very thankful to be able to do it. You know, coach, it's, it's so funny, you know, when we sit and we talk about that and we listen to all of those things and to know that everything that you said is exactly right. And one of the biggest things I took down from you, you said as servant leaders, we have to be able to increase others. And I think that part is so missed often because why do you do what you do? You know, your mentor said it best when he said, you know, you get your platform gets to a place where it no longer becomes yours. And as servant leaders, that's the mindset that we all should have. What did I do today to help those who follow me or that I'm reaching? What did I do today? And, and, and it hit, as people say, this one hit different. This one hit different when you said that because this platform here, um, the servant, le servant leadership, you know, Zoom Bible study, it started literally with just a few coaches just wanting to talk about our faith. And as you said, in this time, it was needed. You can talk about X's and O's no matter what sports you play over and over again, but at the end of the day, that's going to run dry. But, but what 
doing to fill, you know, one another's cup. And, you know, over the past going up to four months now is exactly what you said. It's not mine. It's not us coaches. It belongs to God. And every single day we glorify him and we, we serve. So I thank you so much just for being able to, to put that out there because that, that is huge. That is totally huge. Which it is- was, it's been the most powerful piece of advice or revelation I've received in years. Um, you know, it's interesting. God will put you in these places and then the flesh will come out and, and you'll start to forget what puts you in the position to make you successful. And when I started this, um, I started following that trap because again, when I, I had no idea that this thing would take off the way it has. And, and, you know, in many ways, this is now more my baby than coaching college basketball is because I'm able to reach far more people. Uh, I'm able to assist far more people and, and um, I'm able to really have a, a greater impact. And I had a zoom call a couple weeks ago and we had 40 some coaches across all levels, men's, women's. We were very blessed to have a coach um, from a club team in England. And that was very eye opening. how different it is over there. And he thanked me for helping one of his young ladies find a home. And I had no idea I'd done that. And he was like, yeah, you even, retweeted her stuff and I'm like I, I don't remember doing that and I was like I thank you for telling me because I sometimes but but I say that to say this what ended up happening was I kept thinking to myself okay once I got to a thousand followers I'm like okay well now I'm really going to be able to help right well now I'm at 2500 I'm really going to be able to help well once I hit 5000 I'm really going to so I lost track of what the actual purpose was and started focusing more on the material side of it and the, Oh, look what I've done kind of thing. And, you know, you put a lot of work into something, you, you build it and God put me in that position to do it. And even then I still lost sight of what it was, you know, I found myself kind of being prideful and being, um, you know, <laughs> overly excited for myself versus some others. So to hear him say that, it really reminded me and humbled me what it was all about. And I reached out to Chadwick and I said, hey, what do you think about this? You know, um, and he said, he's right. He said, that's no longer your platform. And um, it, that was probably the most powerful thing and reminder of my goal of being a servant leader that, Hey, it's not mine. Um, and it was so important to me that I then took steps to ensure that if something happens to me, that I have a succession plan in place because it's gotten that big now to where I'm able to ensure that somebody that I trust takes it over, continues the, the purpose and the mission and keeps it at its core all about John three thirty, and, 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 you know, doing anything I can to increase another person. Um, and, and I'm just, I'm just blessed by it. I mean, I really, really am. I'm blessed by it. And, and I can't, um, the, the, the connections and the opportunities and everything that this has led to for so many young people and parents. And it's just, um, I'm really, really blessed and thankful that, that people trust my um, message enough. Um, you know, I'll get a few people and I've got to do better about this. I'm praying about this because I find myself at times wanting to prove people that they're wrong. <laughs> and and I fall into that trap of, well, no, I just, I got to, I got to tell you you're wrong and prove to you that you're wrong. So then you can get the truth. <laughs> but that's not what it's about. And so I, I've, I've, I've prayed for guidance on the, the lack of interaction to, to hold my tongue and, 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 you know, it's better to not argue and, and those things. Um, and that's been a little bit of a challenge for me, but that, that's what God's working on me with now is not doing that. Um, and figuring out a way to even be a better servant leader by keeping my mouth closed at times. And that's one that I've struggled with sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'm just, you know, I sometimes find it more difficult to, to implement some of the ideas of servant leadership into my coaching roles because I've never coached. Well, my actual first coaching job was at a Christian university, but since then I've not coached at any kind of faith-based school. And we have always, 
actually been limited starkly on how we're able to engage from a faith perspective and what we're able to do. And, you know, that's been kind of challenging and, and finding unique ways to do that when I've been told directly by athletic directors or, or schools to not do it. And, and that, that's that been really challenging, but I've always found ways to kind of circumvent that and, and get around it. So um, to, to, uh, to, to, to put that in place because at, at its core, I think you have to lead by example. You have to be empathetic. You have to understand. You know, I tell this story all the time. This is kind of the total opposite of being a servant leader. My is when I first started coaching. And uh, it's the only time. So my, my background is really interesting. I've never been a high school coach. I've never done any type of youth coaching. Uh, my paid coaching career is specifically at the collegiate level. Uh, so day one till today, all my coaching years have been collegiately. But I tell the story and I, I put it on Twitter a few times and it was really powerful. So I was helping out with an AAU team, I don't know, 150 years ago. And um, <laughs> very, very early on in my coaching career, and there was one young man, a lot of you guys know I'm originally from Memphis, and, and, and uh, Memphis is a very poverty-stricken uh, city. Um, and there was a young man, wildly talented, I felt like wasn't giving his all in practice. And I really rode him hard, man. I mean, I was, I was on him from, from the jump because I just noticed when he was warming up, he wasn't quite in it. Uh, he just wasn't himself. And he just, it was really bothering me. And so about halfway through the practice, I just, I, I blew the whistle and I kind of lost it on him. I was, you know, I told him that he was, uh, he was, wasn't taking it serious and he was wasting everybody's time. And young man just flipped on me front of everybody when I say he flipped on me I mean f this f that and then he just started crying and he looks at me and he says how do you expect me to come in here and give my all we were practicing in a gym with no air conditioning by the way it was in uh this actually we were practicing in Fisk University's gym at this time and uh there's no air conditioning no heat in that gym and if anybody's ever been to Fisk University in the summertime it is blazing that building is a hundred and some odd years old so he looks at me and says, how do you expect me to give my all when I haven't eaten anything but popcorn in three days? And it just, it floored me. And, and that was really the start of me shifting my outlook on what I was doing with basketball. Um, there's a lot of coaches that say this, but I mean it. And anybody, any of the assistants who have ever worked for me, any of the players who have ever played for me, they will tell you this. I will lose basketball games if it's for a greater purpose. And I catch a lot of flack for that. Uh, coaches tell me that I'm not serious about my craft or that you shouldn't have to lose to be able to get a point across. But if, if I have to set players or if I, you know, whatever I have to do to get the point across, I'm going to do it. And if it's for the greater good of our team, I'm going to do it. And, um, I've done it multiple times. Um, we started this season off, you know, let me, let me toot our horn a little bit. I'm really, really excited about this. You know, with, with most of uh, all the, the associations being canceled this year, Miami Hamilton, we were one of only two champions in the whole country. And that's something I'm really, really proud of. So when the record books are, are written, you know, 50 years down the road, when there's a little asterisk next to it and they said there's no champions, there were. It was us and New Hampshire Technical Institute, the only two champions at any level throughout the country. And so we started – so we had a really good season this year. And um, our first game was against one of the perennial NAI powerhouses in the country, uh, University of Pikeville. And we came out and we played them about as good as any non – NAI team all year uh, we had them to about a six they had us down six with about four minutes to go I mean we played an amazing game we came out ready to roll and um, we ended up I think losing by about 13 they just pulled away last minute or two fouls things like that and uh, it was one of those moral victories for us where we're like hey you know we belong here this is this case in point we belong here so what do we do we come out we watched the, we watched the second game it was a two-day weekend classic we watched the second game against a team that we then felt we should be able to beat. And what did we do? We come out late an egg against them because they got full of themselves, right? They come out, oh, this ain't going to be anything. If we could play Pikeville this way, we should come out here and just dominate this team. We look up and we're down 30 points about six minutes into the game. And so at that point, I called a timeout. 
got everybody together, said what we was going to do. They go out and did the exact opposite thing. I called another timeout, and every player on the floor, I sat down, made them sit right next to me on the bench, and they didn't go back in the game the rest of the game. And we ended up losing by like 50. And so I did that to get the message across of what we have to do to buy in, what, how we operate, what works for us, and, and, and I'll do that. I don't care. <laughs> and I use just that one example, but I will do that if it's, if it's a young person not going to class, if it's a young person being disrespectful. If, you know, if I don't care what it is. I'm not going to place wins above the betterment of us as people at any cost, and I never, ever will. I don't care if it means I lose my job. I don't care, and I think that fits into completely in the whole thing of if they increase and I decrease, then I'm okay with that. If that's my calling, then I'm completely okay with that. Um, but, but I think that at its core, that's what we have to do as coaches, and, and oftentimes we get caught up into, especially those that do this for a living. I'm not saying that it's not equal for those who may be high schools, who's also teaching or anything, but those of us that do this for a living, I think we often get caught up into that, well, I have to keep my job mentality, and we allow that to trump why we should be doing this, right? Only one team at your level is going to win every <laughs> only one and if that's what you're basing it all on then you're probably going to be an unsuccessful coach um, and I'm never ever going to base it on that I'm going to base it on our growth as, as student athletes as people what we're doing in the community how we're trying to reach how we're trying to teach how we're trying you know Kwanzo says all the time you know I'm, I'm coaching a bunch of young men who are going to be husbands and fathers and, and, and leaders and CEOs and, and bosses and managers and employees. And what am I doing to prepare them to be able to handle those types of situations later in life? Am I doing that or am I worried about hanging another, you know, trophy on my shelf or am I trying to, you know, and, and that's great. But I think those things come if you do the other things and you truly live it. If you truly live it, now, you can fake it, but if you truly live it, I do believe those things will come in some capacity. Uh, and that's just, that's how I try to operate in everything we do. I have so much to say to that because I appreciate that. I'm a whole mind, but I'm going to go ahead and open up the floor for anybody that has any questions or comments for Coach. Because uh, I know Coach Chris, she already told me, like, she was ready for you. <laughs> but uh, anybody, we're family here, jump on in whenever you're ready. What's Chris, my girl? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I got it. So I hope you can hear me. I'm in an AU turn you right now. But um, Coach Payne, first, thank you so much. I am a fan. When you first came to my game, you surprised me. You know, just giving me advice. I thought that was so dope. Like, you didn't have to do that. So I appreciate you on that. Um, my question is, you know, your journey at, you know, Claremont and at Miami Hamilton and now in New York, what is uh I would like to know what what's guiding you through that journey? Is it like you know, you feel something God's there or is it like administration? I'm just curious. Yeah, that that's a really good question because um I mentioned this the other day. People don't realize what I walked away from at Miami Hamilton this year. A lot of people look at the level and they're like they're not that, you know, the small level or whatever, but we were gonna have the most talented basketball team I'd ever personally coached this year. And I don't say that lightly. Um, we had the best player in the entire conference coming back. We had the most versatile player in the entire conference coming back. Um, I had recruited the starting five at the number one team in the state of Ohio, believe it or not, was coming to play for me uh, from St. Ed's up in Cleveland. Uh, I had his backup coming. I had a 6'10 transfer coming in. Uh, I had two D1 transfers coming in. I had the the nation's leading scorer in the USCAA transferring in. And when I say we were going to be good, we were going to be high-level NAI, high-level D2 basketball good. Um, and it, we were just – it was going to be a lot of fun this year. And it's I'm really, really glad you asked me that question because the morning, <laughs> the morning that I had made my decision, um, I had – I decided to stay. I wasn't leaving. Yeah. And, and you talk about God influencing you and having, um, you know, a say. And so I was so committed to staying that I had my, I had 
Miami Hamilton shirt and jogging pants on when I left the house that morning. I put everything on saying, hey, I'm putting this out in the air. This is going to be good. You know, I, w- I was put into a really odd predicament. At, at, you know, this would be the first time this has ever been made public. Um, the reason I decided to ultimately leave was due to a disagreement over my assistant coach. Um, my administration did not want me to bring him back. And um, I, I, uh, I prayed about it. And I ultimately reached out to his recruits. And uh, most of them said they still wanted to come play for me. And I felt like that put me in an odd position. I said, you know what? All right, if, if the recruits want me to, if the recruits want me to come, uh, then I owe it to them to come. And I woke up the next morning, put my gear on, left the house with full intent of staying. Uh, in the 30 minute drive that I, from my house to my office, I changed my mind. And it was, you know, I can say all day that, um, you know, I, I owed it to those players and my recruits, but at the end of the day, that's not what God was telling me to do. And um, I, I, a couple conversations happened on the way to work. And, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes people take those, they ask for signs and then they take anything as a sign. But uh, this was a, you know, I kept saying, you know, what is it? Give me something. If this is, you know, give me something. And uh, hoop, do, hoop Dirt broke an article that I had, uh, I was being considered for the position and my phone started blowing up. And I was like, all right. So <laughs> I got in the office and I pulled over and I started started talking about it to a couple people and I prayed about it. I was like, this that's just where I need to be. And uh, it wasn't an easy decision, but but that's only what it led to was uh, it came down to God telling me uh, an integrity, you know, follow my heart and my integrity and my loyalty, and um, I wasn't willing to to let my assistant coach go. I just, I did not feel like that was the right thing, even at the expense of those young people having to look for new homes or whatnot. And I've assisted every one of them that wanted it. Every one of them that needed the help, they've used my platform. And um, and so I followed through with my obligation. And um, that's ultimately what it came down to is God said, no, you're, you know, I've asked you to be loyal. And um, in this situation, there's no reason for you not to be. And that's what it came down to. And I refused to uh, to walk away from him, so. I, I knew I belonged somewhere. Much respect, Coach. Um, those signs don't play. I, I know exactly what you're talking about on that and the loyalty piece. Amazing. Love you, brother. Thank you. Keep it up. Yep. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. We have anybody else? Yeah, you're the first person I broke that news to. People know that. Um, but I have not shared that publicly that um, – that that's that ultimately my decision in that was asking for some idea of where I needed to be. And, um, and uh, I wasn't willing to, to walk away from what I felt was the right thing. And, and, and all signs, everything I asked for pointed, the right thing was to stand by him and be loyal to him. And I refused to not do that. Hey, cause you know me, my mouth, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> well, you're going to see it, and that's fine. That's <laughs> yes, fine. I, don't, I don't mind that they see it. I don't mind that they yeah. see it. But, um, yeah, that's just, you know, sometimes you have to make tough decisions. And, you know, and and I I turned down three really good jobs this past summer, three really good ones. I turned down a head coaching NAI full-time job out in the Midwest. I turned down a D1 women's assistant job. And again, hats off to all you women's coaches. I ain't doing it. Um, I'm not fighting that battle. I, I, I respect you all on a level that I respect very few people. I ain't doing it. <laughs> and so I turned down the D1 assistant women's job and um, everything just kind of kept pointing back to SUNY. And, and there's a bigger reason why I think it's pointing to SUNY that I'll share at a later time. But everything just kind of kept pointing to that and where I needed to be. All right, if y'all slow on the trigger, y'all know I, I always have something to say. So, you know, okay. <laughs> I'll jump in, Chelsea. Uh, I'd like to say uh, thanks for uh, the transparency. Um, I, I think it's it's awesome to hear a coach say that they're willing to lose um, and to decrease in order for someone else to increase. Um, and, and 
the way he tells his stories and, and, you know, all of that, you can just definitely see how it's all about the ministry. You know, it's all about the, uh, everyone else. So, um, that I think that's really awesome. Um, but I'm wondering where the turn came, you know, because everybody gets into coaching and, and like he talked about the flesh coming in, um, you know, where did the turn come where you went from, Hey, I enjoy this. You know, I want to win to, Hey, I'll lose if I have to, to, you know, in order to get my point across. So I don't know if we lost him or not, but you know, that's just the question I have for him, you know, but it, wow. It it was just, you know, awesome because in to say, a sign you know when you like god give me a sign and then you're like any little thing is a sign it's like yeah (laughs) you know because the desires of the heart you know you just those tend to take over and you're like okay god oh that must be it you're telling me you know so yeah i i just really appreciated his transparency and you could really see his heart and and that's really awesome I totally agree. And it's so funny, you know, we say, you know, I say this all the time, you know, when you're doing what God is asking you to do, uh, because he's like, guys, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We just lost full power in our building. So (laughs) just dropped off. He was just like, um, internet just went down completely, everything. And he's sending it from his cell. Um, So I'm going to try to see if we get back on in a few minutes. If not, my response um, to all of that it's just like what you said. And when he was talking, I, I probably should have a cramp in my neck right now because it was almost like he was speaking the same things that I always say. You know, I coach at a, a, a place, you know, here in Tallahassee and there's, you know, two coaches, three, four, actually four coaches on here that actually knows, you know, we talk about, you know, my students and the, and the type of things that Coach Payne just talked about at Fisk, that young man who they could come in angry at you and you really have to take a step back because it's really not about you. They maybe didn't even have dinner last night or probably didn't eat till they got to school. Then it's a then it's a conversation about, you know, old fashioned. When we grew up, it was like, wait, well, you're not you're not hungry if you care about what you're eating, but that's not the case. Come on now. But that's their only choice of nourishment. And now they're in practice and you're going hard at them and you don't recognize that they've gone through so many ordeals. Their home life is probably horrible. Sometimes there may be nine people in a one bedroom home with a mm-hmm. students that we reach. And when they get to college, it's an outlet for them. But the fact of the matter is now they're saying, I have to still do all this and I have to be successful. It's such a weight on their shoulders while still worrying about what's going on at home. It's unfortunate by the situation, the young man that I think he was committed to Louisville um, playing football and he was down in Miami and threw himself in front of the train. This was a couple of months back. And you think about that situation, but his mom and his younger brother, they were homeless. And so, yes, I'm signing this scholarship. And yes, I'm about to go play and do all these things that college kids should be able to do. But now I'm torn because my mom and my brother are homeless. And so I get to get a free ride and go get an apartment that has a home and food and, you know, a cost of attendance check. And it becomes so much for them. So I think as, now I think I know as coaches, you know, I put down in the chat box, sometimes we forget why we really are here. And I love to hear it over and over when coaches say, you know, coaching is a ministry. Um, coaching is a ministry. That's it. It's just a different pulpit. Um, and, and we have to remember that as we go forward. And I'm the same person. I will sit you, you know, my assistant coaches will tell me all the time, one in particular, my godmother, she'll say, Chelsea, come on now, we got to play them today. You know, she'll always try to, you know, stick up for them. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Because if you can't come to class, if something was so important that you couldn't come to class and it's not excused, you don't need to play that game. And I will sit you from the leading score to the person that never plays we all on the same playing field. And I think that that is something as coaches that we, we, we don't hear enough. And so I'm so glad that he was able to put that out there. Yeah, most definitely. What I got from uh, my quote from him um, before you, before you go off on somebody, you need to understand the circumstances that you're going off on, you know, and he told that story and I could instantly remember times when I did the same thing went off on somebody and and it turned out it was they had a situation at home you know they had 
Uh, I had a girl who got literally thrown out of her house and all of her stuff was in the house and she couldn't take it with her. She had nowhere to go, you know, and you just, you think about that once you realize or once you hear what the circumstance is and your heart just has to pour out to them. Like, you know, basketball is nothing, you know, what I was thinking and what I was feeling that has, that's nothing, you know, and what, what should I be doing for you? What can I do for you? You know, that's why it's a ministry. So, yeah. Absolutely. There's always more to the story. Um, that's what I tell people. You just have to see beyond what your eyes catching at the time, you know, and before it is. And for us coaches that also teach, you know, we'll see the kid with their head down, you know, and we automatically jump to, you got your head down, you're sleeping while I'm in class. You know, and I've, as in the beginning, I was the same way. And as time went past, I started to ask myself and learn from other, you know, mentoring teachers and my mom as well, who has been in the game for 40 years. Why is that kid? You also have to consider their track record. And I think that's the same, not only with the students and players, but in life, everybody can have a bad moment. And sometimes we're judged on the snapshot of what we see, but what is their track record? If that kid has always been awake, doing what they're supposed to do, you know, and now their head is down. We have to see beyond it. Why is your head down? Do you feel okay? What's going on? You know, did you sleep last night? And you'll find when you approach it that way, that kid will learn from you. And not only that, that kid will learn from you. Hey, Coach Daniels, what you got? Well, um, I hear everything everybody's saying about um, losing the prove a point. I coach high school girls. I'm tired of trying to prove a point and losing. So, uh Thank you for, for that little piece about um, losing to prove a point. I don't want to prove no points losing anymore. I want to prove a point and win. So I'm sorry I don't feel the way y'all feel. <laughs> but let me tell you why. Coach Daniels is down here in Tallahassee with me. And let me tell you why I love Coach Daniels because that's, that's why I love him right there. <laughs> Go along with what we all say, you know what I mean? But what I'll tell you is in that coach, get you because sometimes you feel like and the question becomes am I penalizing the whole team you know because I've had it from my girls are like please let them play can you punish them at practice this is affecting us we talk about roles coaches you know that that's our leading score why would you do this you know so coach I hear your take um and you know I want y'all to know too like you know coach now we we talk and we laugh all the time but I've never met a person and coach Price is on here too and I'm shouting them out big time because they're down here in Tallahassee and we play against each other, but I've never met coaches who've been in this game. We talk about how these kids can make us want to pull our hair out, but they've been in the game far longer than me. And when we talk, I definitely listen um, because I learn so much from them and we teach and we coach both down here in Tallahassee. And, you know, I get you coach. I, I definitely feel you, you know, where you're coming from. So, um, but I just appreciate you guys big time coach Payne, And I'm going to say this because he probably, he's so humble. He probably would not have said it himself. Um, he does a lot for students and, you know, and, and, and athletes and you can join the basketball process, but he even goes above and beyond. He, it says the basketball process, but I've even seen posts on football. He said, I don't normally dwell in football, but let's see, uh, baseball, softball, soccer, I have a friend that's looking for this. What do we have? And I, I am, I'm a living witness, and Coach Chris could probably tell you the same, same thing, that this is a man that outside of his own program, it's not benefiting him. He doesn't coach women. Outside of his program, he does and uses his platform, just as he says, to help our, you know, our young student athletes be better and do better and have opportunities. And the biggest thing he said is, you know, as servant leaders, we have to make sure that we increase others. And I am a living witness from years, from my own athletes, from my own players. Um, that's what he does on a daily basis. He never tries to get credit for it, take credit for it. When you even say thank you to him, um, you know, it's, it's a humble, you're welcome that you receive back. So if you, if you don't follow him on Twitter, um, it, it's a coach, uh, it's at uh, tweets by Coach P. I'll make sure I put that down. If you saw the flyer, he's on there as well. Um, just a great person to have conversation with and Sam Power, a lover of the game, but also advocate for so many different things, the social injustices that we see right now, autism awareness, and he's just a great, a great guy. So 
I'm just thankful that he came on today to share with us. I'm thankful for the new faces that we saw. Um, the login that you utilize, it'll always be the same. We're here Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at the 1 p.m. Eastern hour. I know that as life kind of opens back for us, our, our schedule gets a little bit more full, but you're always welcome. So I just thank you guys so much for being here. Tomorrow, we're going to have uh, Coach Chris Cook from the University of Akron. We get some football in here tomorrow. Uh, I'm hearing great things. When I talk to him, he is super excited about coming on and just sharing. He said, Coach, I, I'm, I'm just excited and ready. God has been good and doing things in my life, and I can't wait to share. So I just thank you guys so much. And then Wednesday, we're going to have uh, Auntie. That's what she calls herself. Um, Dr. Chantel, you may be seen her uh, going viral with her trick shots. Uh, but she'll be on to talk with us about her WNBA journey and give us some inspirational nuggets. So I just thank you guys for being here. If there's anything that I can ever do, uh, reach out to me. Um, I, I, I will definitely be humble to help you out. And um, if you don't mind, if you bow your heads, I'm going to say a prayer and we'll get out of here. So Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again for this time, Lord God, for this platform and just for using us as your servant leaders. We ask right now, Lord God, that you just continue to bless all of our coaches and all of our speakers that this platform reaches. I ask a special prayer for Coach Payne and his family as he continues to move forward in his transition of the new job. I ask that you just bless him, his players, bless the place from where he came, Lord God, and help them to find a replacement as, as such a coach that he was. I ask, Lord God, that in the midst of this pandemic that increases with these cases every single day, help us to keep our eyes fixed upon you. Help us, Lord God, not only to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, but have common sense about how we move and how we result in ourselves in this time. I ask, Lord God, that you touch our families. Anything that we may need, Lord God, help them. All the coaches that are moving forward in their programs who couldn't be here today, please touch them and their families. I say a special prayer to all those and, you know, every day, Lord God, that we see lives have been taken, Lord God, for natural causes, Lord God, and violence. I'm asking right now that you just give us some peace in our grieving spirits, Lord God. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for choosing us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you tomorrow at the 1 p.m. Eastern hour. Y'all take care. <laughs>